Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Abuja, Nigeria, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we speak to 1997 African Footballer of the Year, Victor Ikpeba of Nigeria. Ikpeba talks about Nigeria's current challenges and his faith. He says that he always prayed before matches, but that the prayers may not actually affect the result of the game. I don't want to say that uh, if everybody prays, every country prays, that God, I don't know how this call line we end up to be, you know, because, but at the end of the day, I think it's, it's a good thing. So does God mind who wins a football match or any sporting contest? And is it helpful to pray about the challenges that we all face in everyday life? And also we talk about the English Premier League. In particular, two African players who are shining. That's Alex Iwobi at Arsenal and Liverpool's Sadio Mane. I think Jurgen Klopp has shocked a lot of people by what he's achieved at Liverpool, and Manny is very much uh, uh, part of that. So I think we could easily see him getting 20 goals before the season's out. Well, that's coming up later, but let's start with the CAF Champions League, and the final will be between Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa and Zamalek of Egypt. Sundowns beat Zesco United of Zambia 3-2 on aggregate in the semi-finals, while Zamalek beat Widad Casablanca of Morocco 6-5 on aggregate. Well, Zesco did really well. It was the best performance from a Zambian side in the Champions League since Ankana Red Devils were runners-up way back in 1990 in what was then the Africa Cup of Club Champions. And I must say that I thought that Widat Casablanca would make it to the final, but Zamalek wrapped it up really in the first leg with a 4-0 home win. Now, Sundowns beat Zamalek home and away in the group stage, so they'll be favourites to be the champions. The first leg of the final takes place on Friday the 14th of October with Sundowns at home, and the second leg will be played a week later. We're next here on Planet Sport Football Africa to an interview with the 1997 African Footballer of the Year, Victor Ikpeba of Nigeria. Ikpeba played as a striker and spent six seasons with Monaco in France and three seasons in Germany at Borussia Dortmund. He won the 1994 Nations Cup with the Super Eagles and took Olympic gold with Nigeria in 1996. Well, Ikpeba is now a member of the Nigeria Football Federation's Technical and Development Committee, and he spoke to Oluwashina Okaleji on the country's disappointments and the way forward. Now, Nigeria failed to qualify for the 2015 and the 2017 Africa Cup of Nations finals, but they are in the final group qualifying stage for the 2018 FIFA World Cup. They showed their talent by taking the bronze medal in the men's football at this year's Olympics. And Nigeria now have a new senior team coach in Gernot Rohr, a German who has the official title of technical advisor. A new-look squad was used for the Super Eagles' final Nations Cup qualifier against Tanzania. And Oluwashina first asked Ikpeba for his thoughts on Nigeria's recent failure. It's disappointing, but uh, what can we do? We have to move on. We have to keep on planning. We have to keep on trying to do what is right. And um, that is football for you. That is sports for you. Setbacks, uh, but Nigeria still remains one of the um, best footballing country in Africa and, and the world. We've achieved a lot in the past. You know, so, yes, 
two edition not going inside, but we have to move on. Uh, we pray that the, 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 the boys understand the responsibility rest on them. What I saw against Tanzania is a good start. I hope they continue with that mentality, this, um, remain focused. Um, I think they really want to, to do something new and uh, thank God we have a new coach that is around to change things. You know, so I think we should continue to support our team no matter the setbacks. I think I want to appeal to all stakeholders. This is not a time of um, blaming this, it's the fault of that. I think in all we we are responsible for the failure of the national team. You know? And uh, we, we, we've known from some of the great countries in world football, sometimes they don't qualify for major tournaments. So it's all you get it uh, right in the future that matters. And I think, we should, I think the federation will continue to plan. I think we know the old financial setbacks, but uh, sometimes I think the players can do more to make Nigerian proud. It's very, very important that uh, we try to, they, they should change their mentality a little bit because there is so much quality in the Nigerian national team. Um, I think fans watching from the outside always say Nigeria have talent. You've also said that right now, Nigeria do have the talent. Why then do they always get it wrong? I don't know. I won't say it has to do with uh, overconfidence. I think uh, African football has come of age. I think it's very important. You know, it's becoming very competitive to qualify for every major tournament. And I think uh, the players should be aware of that. You know, there's not going to be an easy game, especially when you go away from home. For you to to have a decent run for any qualification qualification for the African Nations Cup or the World Cup, you have to go away from home and pick maximum points. Sometimes you have to do it. I think uh, the, the tactical aspect of the game we've not been able to get it right in recent years. I hope they can learn under the new coach. It brings a lot of experience and tactical awareness. It's very very important. But I think at the end of the day, the main actors are the players. You know, they should go out there and say right now it's not going to be easy each game Cameroon Algeria Zambia is going to be difficult you know when you look on paper you look at the quality of players we have in the squad you, you, you'll be surprised that uh, why, why are we not getting it right that shows that we have to fight for every game the players have to fight for every game sometimes African football qualifying, qualifying for African Nations Cup is different when you're playing abroad it's a different type of football we play here although there's a lot of quality I think the players have to show more passion more patriotism so that they can get to the next level because the potentials are there the talents are there. You can't say the likes of Ian Ashaw, Igalo, Musa, uh, Victor Moses. If I keep on saying the names, the, list, the names are long. And look at what some of these players display in the Olympics. Absolutely. They won that. Yeah. There are, are, are a lot of abundant talent in the Nigerians, Nigerian team. So they, they, they have to come together, talk to themselves, and try to see how they can make Nigerian proud. Nigerians are God-loving <laughs> people. They believe so much in God. As a former player, tell me, what role does God play in your career when you are playing football? I think, uh, as a Christian, I think, um, I don't actually say that, you know, whenever I pray that uh, God will make me so, so score from week <laughs> to week. But I think it's something that uh, we do often. It's not only Africans, it's South Americans do that too. Uh, there's nothing wrong to pray before a game, for you to have an injury-free game, which is very, very important for you to have some luck because in, in sports in general, especially in football, you need a little bit element of luck and uh, defenders pray, midfielders pray, strikers pray, even goalkeepers pray. So they all pray for success. So I think it's, it's a tradition that's been there for, for years. Even when the national team play, they pray together. So I think it's something that is the players should continue to do. I think we can, without God, we won't be where we are today. So 
I'm a, I'm a bring believer of the Almighty God. So whether it changes the outcome of the game, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that because I know other countries are praying too. So I think at the, at the end of the day, I think it's the better side who plays better football that will win each game they play or maybe a little bit of element of luck. I love this verse in the Bible that says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What's your favorite? It's true. It's Psalm, 20, Psalm 23 is one of my favorite uh, psalms. I pray. I, use, I usually pray with Psalm 23. So, the Lord is my shepherd, you know, I shall not want. And I think uh, it's something that will inspire you whenever you want to go out every day, whenever you wake up. So, it's, it's very important. And I think, uh, I, I don't want to say that uh, if everybody prays, every country prays, that God, I don't know how this call line we end up to be, you know, because, but at the end of the day, I think it's, it's a good thing. It's, it's, it, it educates us morally by the teaching of the Bible by the prayers of uh, the Psalms and all the other good things about the Bible. But whether it flints the results, I am not so sure. That's the 1997 African Footballer of the Year, Victor Ikpeba of Nigeria, talking to Oluwashina Okaleji. And we'll talk more about Nigeria's chances of qualifying for the 2018 World Cup on next week's show as the final group qualifying stage begins next weekend. But he poses a very interesting question. Does God mind who wins a football match or indeed any sporting contest? Many players and teams pray to God for success before a match. But what effect does it have? Ikpeba says that he's a follower of Jesus Christ. He says the Lord is my shepherd, quoting Psalm 23 in the Bible. He prays before a game, prays for success, but says he doesn't believe that the prayers will make you win a game. What do you make of this, Solomon? You know, uh, prayer is important, but also God has given us the opportunity and time to prepare so and, and to work hard and when you play a game that you do your best the nigerian team we know traditionally they pray together you know but in the case of victor paybert you know talking about psalm 23 which for me is one of the favorite chapter for a lot of people around the world you know where you feel god is your shepherd and because he's your shepherd you shall not lack you know uh even if you go through the valley of the shadow of death you shouldn't you wouldn't fear no evil so it's basically saying you're going to face a lot of challenges and problems in life how do you deal with them? Because if you depend on yourself to go through it, you are not going to be able to. There are certain challenges and problems that only God can help you. But because the Lord is your shepherd, like Psalm 23 said, then you depend on him, believing that whichever way the game goes, if my team wins, I believe in God. I still hold on. I thank him. If, if I lose, then you know, I would still thank him and, and say, okay, where did we go wrong? How could we play a better game next time? Did I play well to my ability? I mean, even in life, you know, and sometimes you lose a loved one, uh, you lose your family member, uh, you, you lose some money, you, you, you don't have a job, you don't have food to eat, uh, or, or you, you are sick. Uh, you know, how do you depend on God through prayer? Uh, prayer is, has a lot of benefit because prayers, uh, prayer put you in a place where you trust the one who created you. You trust the one who provides for every need. You trust the one who governs life, who governs everything that we do. You don't depend on yourself because sometimes we depend on ourselves too much. That's why we run into trouble. But in this case, you're saying, I pray and I believe whatever I go through in the darkest moment of my life, when I have, when I don't have, I will keep trusting in God. 
And he is going to be able to give me victory in my life, victory in what I want, victory in my health, victory in so many different areas. So it is indeed very important for us to, to cultivate and embrace you know, an attitude of prayer. So if you pray for a victory, is it going to help? Well, Victor Igpeba says it won't really, and he highlights the fact that both teams could be praying for victory. Yes, uh, prayer is very, very important. It is something that we need in our lives daily. It is something that we have to depend on because the way life is, life is unpredictable. Life is going to hit you from this side and it's going to hit you from that side in not so good way. But that's just the way life is. Some people say life is not fair, but that's just the way that it is. Uh, you know, but life is not fair, but God is fair. You know, uh, life has not been good to you, but God is good. So because God is good, you have to depend on prayer. You have to create an attitude of prayer and praying regularly, not only when you have a football game, not only when your team is playing, not only when you run into trouble and, uh, uh, and you are sick or, or you want money or you want a job or uh, you have some problems. That's not the only time to pray. You have to do it consistently in all that you do. You have to just keep praying and praying. And when you pray, you have to you're more like saying you know you've relinquished everything that you believe in to god you're saying god take charge you're saying god you are the one that i trust you are the one that i depend on so take charge and lead me take charge and take care of everything because you are the one that i look up to i don't depend on my ability anymore i depend on you and whichever way my life is going i trust you that you're taking me to the right place that you're taking me to where you want to take me and uh, i trust you and i depend on you Well, thanks, Solomon. Now, Stuart Weir is also with us in the UK. And Stuart, you spend time with track and field athletes and other sports people, supporting them and reading the Bible and praying with them. So how does an active faith in Jesus help these athletes in the challenges, the successes and the failures that come their way? Yes, Steve, I work a lot in athletics, or track and field as some people call it. I attend the Diamond League events. I've just spent eight weeks at the Olympics and Paralympics. I go to world championships, national trials and events like that. And, you know, it's a great privilege to compete in elite sport, but there's also great pressure. Pressure to perform for yourself, for your coach, for your team, even for your family, the fans. And in some cases, failure can actually mean losing your job because if you don't get selected for the national team, your funding may be cut, you may lose your sponsorship and so on. And, you know, a friend of mine describes being a chaplain to a big event as four funerals and a wedding because for every winner, there are probably at least four who are disappointed with their performance and fail to achieve what they had hoped for. One of the things that I'm doing, really, you could say, is helping athletes to perform at their best, just to be in the right mindset. And that would involve praying with them, praying for them. During major events, I often send a daily meditation from the Bible on something like anxiety, how to worship God in your sport, joy, just helping people to understand the real joy of having a body which God has given you to go out and perform, to be part of the Olympics, to be part of the Diamond League, and not to lose that if you don't perform to the same uh, ability as you would like. And also, one I recently did, you know, where is God when it all goes wrong? Because if you are a Christian and you have prayed, you've gone into the competition and you have an absolute nightmare, you know, where is God in all that is a question lots, lots will ask. 
we've started doing Bible studies at Diamond Leagues, and it's simply a group of athletes getting together to learn more about God from the Bible. And with the British team, uh, I sometimes do a Sunday service. The concept is simple. If the athletes can't get to church, church comes to them. Now, I think if you are a Christian athlete, then sport must be part of your Christian life. Um, You know, Paul talks about praying without ceasing, and that doesn't mean you spend the whole time on your knees, but that you're in communication with God. So when you're preparing for a race, when you're on your blocks to run the race, you know, you're still thinking about God. Um, I mean, Shelley Ann Fraser-Price, double Olympic champion, talks about reciting a Bible verse to her just to remind herself that God is with her while she's actually getting ready to get on her blocks and run. I think that a Christian faith will help an athlete to keep life in perspective, that of course it's important how you run, of course it's important because it's the Olympics or the Diamond League or whatever, but at the end of the day, it's all part of life and your relationship with Jesus will last forever. And, you know, a hundred years from now, perhaps not too many people will remember whether you came first or second or eighth in the Olympic final, but your relationship with Jesus will last forever. You know, I think being an athlete is no different from being in any other profession as a Christian. There are challenges, but perhaps some of the additional pressures are just the need to achieve, the fact that everything happens in the public eye, And so, therefore, there are additional pressures. So I like to think of athletes as being the same, but just a little bit different. So we can learn a lot of lessons from sport. Thanks a lot, Stuart. And you can tell us what you think about this on Facebook and on WhatsApp this week. Is it helpful to pray before a sporting event and indeed for any challenge that you face in life? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We'll go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. You can download our app and listen to the show anytime. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Once you've downloaded, you can listen to the show anytime on the app and access past programs too in our archive. Also, you can listen to the show on our website, planetsportfootballafrica.com, and our Twitter handle is at planetsportfa. Follow us on Twitter at planetsportfa. Well, still to come on the show, a look at Africans on fire in the English Premier League, Alex Iwobi and Sadio Mane. But now we turn to WhatsApp and to Facebook. And last week we discussed the big controversy surrounding Yaya Toure as Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola said he won't pick the Ivorian for the club until he apologises for comments made by his agent Dimitri Seluk. Well, those comments were made after Guardiola left Toure out of his Champions League squad when Seluk said that Guardiola should apologise to Toure if City failed to win the Champions League. So he asked, do you think that Toure will ever play for City again? 
And we've had another huge response to this topic, so thanks to everyone who got in touch. Uh, unfortunately, we can't read out every comment that we received. But let's start with uh, Tumani Kale on Facebook in the Gambia. He says uh, Seluk should know that he's only hampering Toure's career by making such comments, knowing who Pep is. Nonetheless, it is possible for Toure to play again under Pep at City, but only if he apologises for those comments made by his agent. He may play in the Premier League and in the FA Cup, but I think Toure should leave City as soon as possible, says Tumanai. Also on Facebook, Bakari Tamba, also in the Gambia, says it'll be very difficult for Toure to play under Pep as Toure's not in his plans. I wish Toure all the best and hope City let him move to another club in January. On to WhatsApp now, and Khalifa Sanyang is a Gambian who's currently studying in China, and he agrees that Toure should look for another club. I don't think Toure will play so many games under Guardiola this season, says Khalifa. If I were him, I'd be packing my bags for Italy in January. Rex Rosé Cargbo from Sierra Leone says Seluk said that Guardiola can't handle big personalities in a team, and I think he's a hundred percent right. He did that with Ronaldinho, Eto, Toure at Barcelona, and with Bastian Schweinsteiger at Bayern Munich. Now he's done it to Joe Hart at City, and he's trying to get rid of Toure again for a second time. When he said that if Toure didn't apologise for what Seluk said, he's just trying to find an excuse for not including him in his plans. Because clearly, we all knew that from day one that Guardiola was appointed as manager of Man City, that Yaya Toure's time at the club was over. Thanks for those thoughts, Rex. Lamine B. Toure and the Gambia says winning the Champions League happens by chance, with or without Yaya. So the agent should drop the notion that Pep should apologise to him. This is football, and Pep may use Yaya in one of his games because we all know he's a good player, despite the controversies. From Malawi, Albert Kadzombe says, "I don't expect Yaya to play for Man City again because of the war of words. Seluk should have just apologised for the betterment of his client, but since he has refused, he's made matters worse." Donald in Cameroon says, "I think at some point he will play for City, but it will be wise for him to leave the club in January." Also in Cameroon, Silas Ankiambom Gong says, "Yaya will play again for Man City." In my opinion, it's a game of power and ego that's going on now, and it will certainly end up in an amicable way, even if it takes time," says Silas. But Fode and Chi in the Gambia says, "I'm not sure. I think he doesn't have a future at City with Pep at the helm. It's rather unfortunate that agents in modern football are as influential as the managers, and Seluk is costing Toure his place in the squad. I think Toure should have a word with him if he wishes to stay at the Etihad." From Sierra Leone, Jesse Rando says, even if Yaya apologizes, Guardiola will not use him because he doesn't want him. That's what he did to him at Barcelona. I think Yaya needs to leave the club, says Jesse. Also in Sierra Leone, Desmond Tunde Koka says, I don't think it's so simple because the manager has made up his mind, despite saying that Yaya needs to apologize. Remember that during Guardiola's time at Barcelona, there were lots of problems. So I strongly believe that Toure will not play. For him again, but for the decision of Pep to drop Toure, he knows what he wants for the club, and probably he's looking at his age. Yeah, that's a good point, Desmond. With Toure now 33, perhaps Guardiola is looking ahead to a new generation. 
Musa Sisse in The Gambia says, I definitely think that's it for Yaya at Man City, but he's an outstanding player and has been brilliant for City in the last five or six years, hugely instrumental to their title successes and scoring over 20 goals from midfield. He's a legend at City, simple as that. Well, yes, we'd have to agree with you on that one, Musa. And finally, from Nigeria, Obina says, it's quite shocking to me that Yaya Turi would be held accountable for the utterances of his agent who is an adult. It's crystal clear that Pep doesn't like him, so he should come up with a better reason to have frozen Yaya out of the team. I honestly do think he'll play for City because you can't keep a £225,000 a week player out of the team for long. The board would intervene at some point. Yeah, that's a good point there, Abina. Thanks so much for all of those comments. Sorry if we didn't get to read out yours this week. Well, you have to say, whatever you think of the Yaya Toure situation, uh, Guardiola is doing exceptionally well at Man City with six wins out of six in the league and Man City plays second place Tottenham on Saturday. This week on Facebook and on WhatsApp, we're asking, is it helpful to pray before a match? What if both teams are praying for victory? And is it helpful to pray about the challenges that we all face in everyday life? Send us your thoughts on WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, finally, on the show to the English Premier League and Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger marked 20 years in charge at the Gunners with a superb 3-0 win over London rivals Chelsea. And the man of the match was 20-year-old Nigerian Alex Iwobi, the nephew of Super Eagles legend JJ Okocha. Uh, Stuart, you talked about Iwobi several times last season as he slowly made his way into the squad and now Iwobi looks to be something special. Yes. Uh, one of the good things with Arsene Wenger is he does believe in young players and does give them a chance. And, I mean, it is remarkable that Iwobi is only a few months past his 20th birthday, and yet he's very close to establishing himself uh, as a regular in the Arsenal first team. And if you think of the size of the squad, that's no mean achievement. You know, he got eight starts last year, came off the bench five times, but already this season he's had three starts he hasn't managed to score this season yet, but he's getting lots of game time. I mean, he played the, the whole of the game against Paris Saint-Germain in the Champions League and you're playing for over an hour in other games. And of course, with a young player, it needs to be a, a gradual progression. I think he's an exciting prospect. A good pedigree. I mean, my goodness me, if he can do anything like uh, Uncle JJ, uh, that would be amazing. But uh, I think uh, he's got a great prospect and I think that Arsene Wenger will give him the chance. Well, certainly showing what he's capable of doing is Alex Iwobi. And Senegal's Sadio Mane is getting the goals for Liverpool. Mane was on target as Liverpool beat Hull 5-1. Since manager Jurgen Klopp took over last October, Liverpool have scored 71 goals, more than any other team over that period. So the Reds look set for a good season, Stuart. Well, yes, Mane had a great time in his two seasons at Southampton, scoring 21 goals in the Premier League. But one did wonder how he would settle in at Liverpool, you know, bigger club, no longer just the main striker. But he's done well. You know, he's already got uh, three goals. You know, the fact that Liverpool have won at Arsenal and at uh, Chelsea, 
you know, makes it uh, a good time to be there. I think Jurgen Klopp has shocked a lot of people by what he's achieved at Liverpool, and Manny is very much uh, uh, part of that. So I think we could easily see him getting 20 goals before the season's out. Well, let's hope so. And uh, Paul Pogba finally scored and was man of the match as Manchester United beat champions Leicester City 4-1. This gave Man United fans a lot to get excited about. Yes, Pogba scored with a fine header, but he's been a bit up and down this season. And of course, the fact that they paid almost $120 million for him puts a lot of pressure on him. Uh, A bit ironic, of course, because he was a Manchester United player uh, four years ago and uh, they let him go to Juventus. I still think he's got quite a bit to prove. Uh, When United lost to City in the Manchester derby, you know, some of the headlines were there's one world-class midfield player in this game and it wasn't Pogba, but um, De Bruyne. And I think he's got a lot to prove whether he can really do the business for Manchester United. Is he going to be the player that they build the team around? And, you know, one-headed goal is a good start, but they're looking for an awful lot more from him. And while Manchester United have beaten Leicester 4-1 in the most recent game. Uh, They've also lost the two previous games. So it's quite a difficult time for Manchester United at the moment. And uh, I think a lot will be expected of Pogba to drive them towards consistency and at absolute worst, a top four finish. Thanks a lot, Stuart. That's it for the show for this week. But on Facebook and on WhatsApp, we're asking, is it helpful to pray before a match? And is it helpful to pray about the challenges that we all face in everyday life? Send us your thoughts on WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We'll go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, from me, Steve Vickers in Zimbabwe, from Solomon Ashoms in Nigeria, and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.